0: This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe with you to preview the U.S. Women's Open Championship. We've been starting basically every podcast with it for the last three months, telling you to rate and review the podcast, pick your winner, and now Nick and I are finally going to pick our winners. And Nick, I have to start with this. I got a winning streak going. I'm going for two in a row at U.S. Women's Opens. I'm very excited. Is that, is that right? You nailed it last year? Minji Lee. How did I forget? I didn't. I didn't. For those of you here solely because you like matchstick golf and Dane Delgado, don't fear. The BOGO code is coming up later on in the podcast. We got to make you listen a little bit. As I mentioned, the cutoff is going to be this Wednesday, July 5th. You still have the opportunity to leave your winner. If you rate and review at the turn in your review, leave who you think is going to win. If you're right, you get a free box of Piper golf balls. Nick, you ready for the handicap report? I am ready. Let's do it. Brought to you by Blue Tees, the number one rangefinder. The 3 Max from Blue Tees, water resistant, pulse vibration. When you lock in on the correct target, has a magnetic strip so you can slap it on your cart. Save 10% when you use promo code TURN at checkout. That's TURN, T-U-R-N, for 10% off any product at BlueTees.com. Blue Tees, play different. Nick, you playing different? Well, I'm happy to report that, oh,
1: this is the first week. Of, that I can remember probably in about six six or eight weeks that the handicap report has not been me telling you and justifying and explaining why my handicap has gone up. Um, I haven't played since the last time we talked. My handicap is holding strong at a 22.6. I hate that number. It, it, I lose sleep at night thinking about how high and ridiculous that is. I am so optimistic that it's going to go down. I'm playing twice in the next four days. I've got some strategies figured out. I'm putting some new irons in the bag that I think are going to fly a little bit higher, mm. speed a little bit more, hold a little bit more greens, be a little more accurate. Um, I, I'm really confident that I'm going to be looking forward to the handicap report for about the next 10 weeks or so.
0: Wow. Well, I'm I'm very happy for you. It hasn't gone up. I'm pleased to report I'm still a single-digit handicap because I've successfully not played golf for two weeks. I'm going to be playing golf very soon, so the handicap report could change. I could be a double-digit handicapper again, but for now, I'm hanging on for dear life. I'm a 9.8. That is the handicap report brought to you by Blue Tees. Do you have any golf in your near future, Nick? I'm playing tomorrow. Um, Hmm. Tomorrow afternoon,
1: I'm playing... um, I know we talked about... Yeah. Seaview. And know we talked about the 4th of July weekend being the worst um, possible time for golf, but uh, I have a day where my work is a holiday and my daycare is in session and I just can't justify not playing golf in that scenario. So I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to get two rounds in, in the next four or five days. And um,
0: I'm, I'm going to play aggressive, man. I can't wait. Firing at all the targets, huh? I'm going to fire at all the fairways. Oh, that is the target. Before we get to the U.S. Women's Open, I didn't tell you anything about this, Nick, but I've been trying to lock down an interesting guest for our Open Championship preview coming up in a few weeks. And I is was in John? contact. It's-, <laughs> it's not. I was in contact with James Bledge, who is the Lynx manager for Royal Liverpool. And I sent him a message. I'm like, ah, what the hell? And he replied shockingly fast. And here's what he said. I just, I found this interesting. I'm going to pass it on to you, and the listeners. So I was like, hey, man, do you want to talk about the open, the course? They could be interesting. Need 20 minutes of your time. And he said, uh, well, I've done about 10 of these now. Most recently, the USGA. Each time I do it, it has to be run past the Royal and Ancient. And the guys there are starting to get such a huge workload to check everything. I don't think they'd have time. If it was just a straightforward 20-minute chat, that would be okay. So basically he says for him to conduct an interview and then have it be put out for mass consumption, whomever is conducting the interview has to take that piece of audio video, whatever it may be, send it to the Royal and ancient golf club. And then a bunch of old British guys sit in a room (laughs) and determine whether or not it's, I mean, I'm sure it's someone our age who's just cranking through it and skimming to make sure nothing bad is said, but like it still has to go through the Royal and ancient golf club paces before it's allowed for mass consumption. And while I didn't really think that something like that would occur, um, I guess I'm not too surprised in retrospect. I'm sure you make requests of this ilk when you're doing your job and trying to test out free stuff. Like, what is the most bureaucratic thing that you've had to deal with working for Golf Link? Does anything come to mind? No, nothing comes to mind. Actually,
1: um, my workings are pretty, I don't want to say loosey-goosey, but but I mean, usually either usually how it happens is a rep will reach out to me and say, hey, man, uh, we think you might be interested in this product. Would you like to test it out? And my policy is to always say yes. Um, yeah, pretty much. And um, they'll they'll kind of send me some sort of sample and I'll write down my honest thoughts. Um, so really, it's it's kind of the opposite of that. It's, it's just like, hey, man, do you want this? Or sometimes there, there are occasions where I see a product that I think that our readers really want to learn more about. I'll say, Hey, I'd love to put this to the test and find out who would benefit. Do you, do you have a sample you could send me? And they usually either don't respond or they say, yes. What's your address? So, um, no, I, I, I'm a little, I guess I'm not too surprised. It is the RNA. This is the, the original governing body of golf, but,
0: um, yeah, that's, that's not something I'm used to dealing with. I suppose my perspective on it is if you are hosting your championship the manager of the golf course the Lynx manager if you hire that person if the golf course hires that person and then the RNA says we're gonna have this at our golf course shouldn't you trust the guy to not talk out of turn say something he's not supposed to God forbid James says something too interesting on one of these media podcasts and you know he actually offered which may be a a, a really cool way to approach it he's like Basically everyone's asked me the same question, but if you want to do a follow-up like after the tournament, he'd be willing to do that. So that could be a good approach of like, all right, everyone does a preview, what does it look like the next day? What's the next week look like? How do you break down an open championship? So that could be an angle that, that we take. I think it'd be fun. That might be
1: that might be even better. Um, but to your original question, I would say no cuz like it's two completely different things. Like the, the the people who hired this person and the people who are running the tournament are not the same people and they're not they're not eating at the same dinner table they're not living in the same town like they are completely different it would be like if you and i decided we we're gonna have a a summer solstice event you know what i mean and we got all you know our 12 best friends together and we went to a course you know we want that course to abide by our rules because we're paying a bunch of money you know they don't they don't have to answer to us they're running their own course you know what i mean like this sure this course is in the Rota and then there's a specific menu of courses that get, I was going say that. Yeah. every year, but it, they're still their own entities. So um, I, I'd love for it to be that just James is, he just can't be trusted and you never know what he's going to say. And you never know if he's like four pints deep and what's going to come out of his mouth. But I think it's just like, Hey man, we got we got to protect this brand and we're not associated with these people. So uh, we're going to get our hands on everything we can keep our hands on.
0: From his Instagram, he seems like a really sweet family man. It's just like him and his daughter and brother, like standing on the course with the grandstands. And he's got the dog and he's got a pint. and He's holding the Claret jug. And it's like, you know, what you would expect. It's not like him, you know, partying at 2 a.m. with a bunch of strippers. It's like what what you would expect for the Lynx manager's social media presence.
1: Yeah, man. You know what? You know what podcast uh, doesn't expire within four weeks of publishing it? The one where we talk to him about what happened at the tournament after it happens. I love that
0: idea. Let's do it um let's get that on the books and uh, have some fun with it that sounds great I'll reach out to James to put a button on this my my best grift in media was when I worked at KXL News in Portland Oregon and Chambers Bay um the U.S. Open was being held there no one reached out to us but at that point I was uh adept at reaching out to folks understanding what language to use how important to seem to get free shit and I got I think Six of us media passes to Chambers Bay and only one of us did a story and it's this cool as shit guys like 75 worked in news radio his whole life and I just saw him he had a beer in one hand and he had his little iPad recorder in another and he's like yeah man I'm just going to people and recording what they say and I talk a little bit and I'll email it to Rebecca have a few beers and walk around it's gonna be great so so like. I still have a Chambers Bay notebook from that experience. So USGA, maybe they've tightened the screws a little bit in the last eight years. But at least back then, it was pretty easy to kind of do whatever you wanted. Um, But we'll talk to James. It'll be fun. Okay. Are you ready to talk about the U.S. Women's Open? I am. Fabulous. It's going to be at Pebble Beach Golf Links. This is the first Women's Open at Pebble, which is surprising. I figured they would have done it back in the day. I know that pebble beach only became a men's us open location in the seventies. And I think it's only been, they've had six there I think since then. Um, But it's, it's heavily featured in the rotation now and they do the, you know, the West coast timing of it all. Although I must say I'm, I'm not a big, like Friday, Thursday and Friday, maybe just even Thursday. It's fun to watch golf at night, but like if it's Sunday and it's like, Especially for your time, like the if if you were in the East Coast and the U.S. Open was finishing up at like midnight, that's no fun for you. You don't want to deal with that. I disagree, man. I think is that fun? It. it, I can't
1: watch golf as a Mm. as a father of two young children. Like when golf tournaments finish, is like I have like a like a nineteen hour dead window in the middle of my day. But like you know you know what time is not in that dead window? Yeah, midnight like anytime after basically 9 30 PM. So if I can come down from putting the kids in bed and, and wash all the dishes and, and grab a cold beer and sit on the couch in like the last four holes of the U S Open on, that's awesome. God.
0: Every time you talk, I'm just reminded how different our experiences are in our late thirties right now. Um, yeah. You make a good point. Um, so this is going to have the most hours of television coverage ever. For a women's golf tournament, and I think besides tennis, it's the most ever for a women's sporting event. So it's going to be on NBC. It's going to be on Peacock. Um, this one is shocking.
1: Is, is, is CW getting on any of this? Um, <laughs> I, think... I know. I, I have a question because it's hard to yeah. it's hard to contextualize that because like yeah, do we have any idea how that compares to like the Masters? Because obviously the Masters, like every shot is is accessible. Um, like how many hours of this tournament? actually are there i mean probably like you know there's probably 10 to 14 hours a day times four and obviously the weekends are a little lighter because you don't have as many pairings but like how many i'm curious not that you know this but what percentage oh. of the tournament is actually broadcast because like well sure it's the most ever for a women's golf tournament but like most women's golf tournaments get like two hours a day which is
0: like you get the back nine for the leaders and that's pretty much it bro they just wrapped up the women's pga championship you had to go to Peacock to find the final round. Like that's yeah. outrageous. So right, it's so far behind. So just it, saying that
1: it's th- it's like me saying I shot my best round of the year. It's like yeah, well, t- dude, you haven't broke a hundred half the
0: times you play. It's not that great. We've talked about this. Tennis is still the closest to having any sort of equity among the men and women. Um, golf is still far behind in terms of. And the next thing I tell you is really going to illuminate that. But in terms of TV coverage, there's going to be twenty six hours. Of television coverage over the course of four days so you know you're talking close to six hours a day that's that's not bad it's not good It's not good right no i I guess that would be over uh six hours a day so so six and a half six to seven yeah yeah Yeah. that's okay this this is brutal shot link technology you know the little shot tracer shot link Um, this is the first time it's going to be used on every single shot in the women's tournament ever in the history of women's golf. That is, it's so terrible. It's not great. It's not great. Grow the game, Nick. We need to grow the game. Um, so it's going to be on a lot. It's going to be accessible to viewers. Um, I plan on watching a whole pile of it. So I'm very excited about that before we get to the main field, um, a couple of side stories, which are going to be notable. And I'm sure talked about a lot on the broadcast So this is going to be the presumed last competitive tournament for Michelle Wee, which is wild to say. Yeah. Michelle Wee has been in her life a long time, Nick, 20 years. And she is retiring, retiring. I mean, she wants to have a family and has other interests and go into media, which is like, I would too, if I was here, I've already won a U.S. women's open. Like I, I did it. Um, But her exemption is running out from that uh, victory um, at Pinehurst. And it's going to be the last tournament she plays. Annika Sorenstam Sorenstam is also getting a special exemption into this field. She won the U.S. Senior Women's Open a couple years back. Since this is going to be the biggest women's event ever, they want to have Annika Sorenstam be in that event. And it, it it just sort of made me think, Nick, how these two perhaps concluding their competitive careers. Maybe Annika goes on to play more, but potentially them both concluding their careers in the same event is so appropriate because they were linked in such a unique way 20 years ago. Annika played at Colonial. She was the first woman to play in a PGA Tour event, I think in like 50-something years. And then in that January, Michelle Wee, who was 13 years old at the time, played in the Sony Open. And actually played okay for a day or so. I don't think she almost threatened made the, the cut.
1: cut. Yeah. One, one one time she played in it, and I don't know if it was the first time, but one time she played in it, I
0: think she missed the cut by a stroke. It may have been the first or the second, but you're right. She did scare it at some point. And I think when something like that happens at such a young age, the expectation is, oh, my God, this is, this is the female Tiger Woods. She's going to win 15 majors. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. And it's, it's so tough to live up to that. And I just think that we're now at a point where we're able to look at someone like Michelle Wee and say they had all that pressure put upon them. They were still able to win the biggest event in golf, the U.S. Women's Open, and have a successful career, have a family, have this other chapter of their life. And I like this because I feel like if Michelle Wee would have – and perhaps this is being said elsewhere, but if Michelle, we would have left the sport like five or 10 years ago, there would have been more of a negative connotation associated with her. More of that caveman brain where it's like she's a disappointment. She was almost beating men at age 13 and she only wins one major. Now she's retiring. because She can't handle it anymore. And it's like, no, she did this amazing thing as a youth. As an adult, she won the biggest event. And now she wants to focus on other areas of her life. Guess what? She's probably burned out at 15, 16 years old. And she's like, I'm a mid thirties. I don't want to do that shit anymore. I have a family. I have a husband. I have other interests. I have business interests. Michelle, we wins. That's what I'm getting to.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Cause I've been thinking about this concept, um, the concept of retiring from golf is so much different than any other professional sport, because you can just show up when you want, like, you don't have to really ever retire. I mean, it's not like you're, you're Tom Brady. And it's like, I'm either the starting quarterback, you know, 16 to 20 times a year, or I'm, or I'm nowhere to be seen. It's like, hey, man, I've got these exemptions. I'm sure if I want a sponsor's exemption, I can get one. Um, I'll play when I want to. And I won't, when I don't want to, it's kind of like what Tiger Woods is doing. People are like, is Tiger going to retire? And it's like, no, he's not going to retire. He doesn't have to retire. He can just show up when he wants. Um, so it's interesting that it, on the women's side, I guess, it, you know, it can be a little more formal if if a player is deciding to like, I'm I'm not going to focus on golf at all, or I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, like you said focus on my family, focus on my business interests, like focus on the, my, my passions right now um, and not worry about staying in competitive shape. But um, it is, it, it, Michelle, we will always kind of live in the shadow that she created for herself as a young teen. And, and you know, whether those who are more initiated kind of see past it or not, that, that will be kind of the general perception of it. Like you said, it's like she made such a huge splash. She set herself up you know, for something that probably was unrealistic to live up to, even though it was so fun to see in the moment, people will say like one time major champion, Michelle, we, um, yeah, she won the U S open at Pinehurst. Like that's that moment is as good as it gets. Um, you're right. She is coming out on top. It'll be interesting to see if they get paired together. Um, that would be really fun, but whatever happens for those two players, it, it will, if you're listening to
0: this, you should pay close attention to to what goes on around them. You make a good point about the concept of retirement and golf being different than other sports. Johnny Miller, to me, is the ultimate example where at 46 years old, he had only played. Let's see. I'm looking at it now. He'd only played six events um, in like four years because he was almost a full time analyst for NBC at that point. He came out of the booth in 1994 and won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am to put a button on all of it um he really wasn't a competitive golfer anymore and he was like oh what the hell i like pebble i'm gonna play there and he just won his 26 tour event so yeah there's no reason why michelle we couldn't be like in her 40s like you know what i'm i can still hit it a mile my kids are older um i'm gonna go take down Zhang and uh all these young scrappers uh nelly quarter going for sixth u.s women's open no i'm gonna put a stop to that yeah. so yeah um uh, officially unofficially retired because look at annika Annika retired and here she is. She's playing again. So the door is still open. Right. And you've
1: always got Solheim Cups and other ways right. to kind of stay, you know, stay relevant, stay on the front burner. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah.
0: Nick, let's get to our picks. I'm very excited for mine. Um I like what I'm doing. Do you I have yeah. a diverse I have a diverse roster okay. of competitive golfers who excel at different things, all of which suit. Pebble Beach Golf Links. Um, I have the tea. I have to to be excited because we've been doing this podcast for many years, and I've picked one winner in a major championship, and it was this tournament last year. Now, you're going to see way too many features on this golf for at least Thursday and Friday. I guarantee NBC has all this stuff queued up because what do we love more than a hometown story? This golfer finished second at the U.S. Women's Open last year. My stars. Hmm. Wow. Kind of mid this year. Uh, she was a wunderkind. She won a bunch of junior tournaments. Her folks own a sushi restaurant 15 minutes from Pebble Beach. Now, if, you're, if, you're, if you think NBC didn't have a camera in that sushi restaurant at some point over the past month, you're crazy. She's played at Pebble over 50 times. Like I said, she's not having a great year, but maybe some good vibes by the ocean. 71 in the world, Mina Harrigay. Very excited about this. Kind of kind of was the Roseng of her time. Maybe not the level, but mm-hmm. she was of that ilk. Decent if pro you, career. If you've played a course 50
1: times, does that make it your home course? I mean, the argument could be made that that... Peaches Look at us with U of course. I. We, I mean, yeah. We got
0: back in the Paloouse and we just couldn't we, we couldn't be stopped. So I'm hoping it's exactly. the same for Mina Harrigay. She's my and, and just to couch it, folks, usually we have odds. Um and one of the ways that these are not equitable, they're not going to put out odds until probably as you're listening to this today, the Monday before the tournament. We're recording a few days beforehand, so we don't have the benefit of those. But I think it's safe to say uh Mina Harrigay will have decently long odds here.
1: That's a good one. Um my dark horse. I'll let you be um, the judge if this qualifies. This player, yeah, she, she did finish in the top 10 in the last major. Uh, <laughs> however, uh-huh. just earlier this month, this player was not even a professional golfer. Uh, it is Rose Zhang. I mean, we can't talk about the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach in the in the Rosebud era and not talk about Rose Zhang. Uh, I mean, she has... What she has done for women's golf in the last four weeks, it's it's so long overdue. It's so refreshing to have a young player who is just like hitting the scene, taking the scene by storm. I mean, to to win your first event as a professional, she had the best. I mean, like, most casual golf fans before she even turned professional knew who Rose Zhang was. And when's the last time like a, a amateur women's golfer was a household name? And then she shows up, turns pro. Wins her first event. I know this is not a Mizuha America's Open recap, but uh, it's so impressive uh, that that's how she starts her career. It's not like she just showed up, missed the cut, and was like, well,
0: she'll have to cut her teeth. Well, and the craziest part about it was she looked so unflappable. She made a sloppy bogey on the final hole to get into a playoff and still won the playoff. She still was composed and won the playoff. So, I mean, obviously she – I mean – Again, we don't see the odds. She's definitely one of the seven favorites to win this tournament. Without even seeing the odds, I, she, she's definitely one of the well, seven she's gonna favorites. She's going to be the to betting her. favorite because everybody's going to want to bet on her.
1: A, yeah, qu- a, a like few quick points on Rose She's been pro for less than a month. She's already number 45 in the world. Um, she finished T8 at her next event, which was the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Yeah. Uh, she finished T40 at last year's U.S. Open. This is actually going to be... Take a guess how many U.S. Women's Opens uh, she's played in already. Three. She's played in four. This will be her fifth U.S. Women's Open. She <laughs> made the cut in two out of four as an amateur. She also finished T11 at the 2020 ANA Inspiration. She's been playing in majors for years. She's been the number one amateur in the world for years, which gets you exemptions into most of these major championships. So, she won't be a stage she's not familiar with. So, Rose Zhang, I'm going to assume she's going to be at like, I don't know, thirty to one. Not really, um, is my you're lucky horse.
0: If I see <laughs> no, Roseang at 30 to 1. even be more like, I don't know, 18, 13 to 1. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll allow it. Look, you get to pick three golfers, and you get to categorize them the way that you want. um at no, right, right. the RNA is uh, is verifying that, that this is uh, okay. Legitimate. I don't feel good about this pick, my contender. I'm going to pick this person to win, and I'm also going to pick them to miss the cut. I can't wait mm. to do this. I'm going to be on both of those. And you probably already know who I'm talking about it. I'm buying low because I don't think you're able to buy this low on her in the U.S. Women's Open. There's probably a reason I'm going to be able to buy low on Lexi Thompson. She hasn't finished better than 21st since March, including missing a few cuts um a, a, a putt she hit in the LPGA Championship um went viral because it was about a 40 footer and she hit it about 15 feet i loved your response so i don't see the problem here it stayed on the green so that was pretty good which
1: which was a reference to um i hit a putt in the in the corner club open that was a a 20 footer that i hit about 70 feet (laughs) off the green inexplicably just for for no no reason at all like how's it up
0: there it's a good read
1: yeah so that putt seemed pretty good to me
0: um how do you feel about this? I mean, I I, I assume not good. I, I was I shocked she- to see this name on. on oh, the I was sheet. too. Um, she's
1: she's a mess. I think Thompson's been in a downward spiral ever since yeah. she gagged away the, the U.S. Open, and I think it was twenty. Was it twenty twenty one? I don't think that's right. Anything good has happened uh, to her on the golf course since then. She is a streaky player. She's won so since then. Maybe she's won just once. Yeah. It wasn't a major. You're right. It wasn't the U.S. Open. Um, she could definitely get hot. I mean, she's definitely talented enough. It just seems like for whatever reason, she's streaky and it's been a cold streak. And I don't have confidence that she's going to come out and win this. My favorite outcome of this U.S. Women's Open is Lexi Thompson winning. There, there is no other outcome that I want more than to see her
0: win. Oh, I was wrong. It she has not won. Yeah. She hasn't won spread. since. Oh, my God. When do you think her last win was, Nick? Uh, I would guess it was pre-COVID. Uh, I think I bet you 2020. The Shoprite LPGA Classic in 2019. Oh my god! I'm making it sound like she's an absolute hack. She's still 12 in the world. It's not like she's yeah. fallen off the face of the earth. This isn't like a, you know, Ricky before he bounced back or Jordan before. The fall hasn't been that spectacular. But she's just not contending in big events. Um, again, I think I'm buying low. Here's the thing. Yeah. I hope Rosang Rosang is going to be um, a, a bigger favorite in terms of odds than Lexi Thompson. And that being the case, I'm taking Lexi Thompson.
1: If there were a head to head from the from the sports books, Lexi and Rosang, you would take Lexi in, in golf? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like sometimes there's a head to head like low score, right? There's like like for the tournament. If sure. it was, if it was, if it was even odds, I I, I would take Roseang. yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Lex, she's just such a head case. Anyway, I know, like, like I said, like, I'm gonna do missed cut, and I'm gonna do to win the tournament. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, Fair gonna, be T, it's gonna be a T. Covering all your bases. No, it's gonna be a T57. I just know it. All right. It, who's your contender? It, it,
1: my contender is Lydia Ko, a player hmm. who has been at the top of the game. She is up there, number three in the world. She has fallen off. She's, you know, she was, she ascended to the top. She kind of had this downfall and she's had a really nice comeback the last few years, but that comeback is missing just one thing. And it is a major championship and no major championship in women's golf is bigger than the U S women's open. So for Lydia Ko to officially plant her flag as I'm back, the comeback is complete. She needs to win this tournament. She hasn't played well in majors this year, missed the cut at the Chevron, T57 at the at the KPMG Women's PGA. But this is the one. This is Pebble Beach. It's
0: the U.S. Women's Open. It's Lydia Ko. That's my contender. You know why I like Lydia Ko? She kind of seems like a lunatic. Like, she seems like a low-key nutball. And I love that about her. Firing caddies, just sort of being like, I don't give a shit, I'm Lydia Ko. Um, it's really interesting to see someone peak at age 17, but then also still continue on their greatness. Like, it's like, a version of Michelle, Wee. this is, this is basically what we thought Michelle, Wee was going to be right. Number one player in the world, like at age 18 mm-hmm. and you kind of have the fall off, which I get, you get burnt out. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see her back. She's great for the game and it'd be, it would be sweet if she won a major tournament. I'm checking to see when was the last time she won a major. Good God. It's that's pre COVID for sure. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a minute. And she's only um, like 24 years old. <laughs> yeah. She is 26 years old. Oh my God. She has 19 career victories, two majors. She won three last year, including the tour championship. Um, my, damn, her playoff record is five and two, bro. That is that is a killer. Okay. Imagine being 26, having two majors, and you haven't won one in eight years. <laughs> her resume is Dustin Johnson, and she's set, like 15 years younger. That's ugh, yeah. so good. Okay. Great pick. Um, my final pick, my winner, I've been eyeballing her. I'm, I'm really excited that she choked on Sunday at the LPGA championship. We got some battle scars. We have some wounds, but we also have some experience. Number nine in the world. Last four starts. I got a T three I got a T seven, I got a win and a T eleven at the PGA Championship, where she had a rough Sunday. The Irish do well at Pebble. Graham McDowell, Northern Irish, won there in 2010. Maybe get a little taste of the sea. Mm. Reminds you of home. You lift that trophy. I'm going number nine in the world. Leona McGuire is the winner of the U.S. Women's Open. I'm 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 thrilled with this pick. It's one of those things I've been eyeballing for a couple of weeks. And I would have been annoyed if she won the LPGA championship because it would have meant that she would hey, blow this up tournament. your spot. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. uh, what odds do you think you're going to get on that? She's probably going to be, I would imagine, probably around where Lexi is. I'm hoping for like a twenty to twenty two to one. If I can get twenty to one or higher, I'm going to be very excited about it. But okay, we'll see. It's a good pick. Okay, I've got a
1: winner, and I had yeah. to go down down the. Uh, the standings, the rankings, uh, just a little bit for this one, but I, I think I like it's it. the right pick. I think it's the right Forget pick. Forget Chuck. Yeah. This player has actually won a U.S. Women's Open before. She mm. she snuck in there when when Lexi fumbled it away. Yeah. Um, and she was solo second at the Women's PGA um, recently after a, a rough season of majors last year, admittedly, but she's racking up top tens. She's number 24 in the world, Yuka Sasso. That mm. is my winner of the... 2023 U S women's open at
0: Pebble beach. So you're saying she gets two out of three U S women's opens. That's what I'm saying. That's good stuff. I love those picks. Should we recap? Let's do it. I have as my dark horse, Mina Harrigay, as my contender. Oh boy. Lexi Thompson. And as my winner. Oh yeah. Leona McGuire. And don't forget. You've also got Lexi to miss the cut. Uh, My
1: dark horse. Rose fresh off an amateur career. Lydia Ko, the contender who's going to finalize her comeback in Ukazaso, getting it done at Pebble Beach is my winner.
0: I dig those picks. I think we get a winner out of one of those. Now, either us, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would, I would take these six to the bank. Now, neither of us picked a Korda or anyone from right. South Korea, so that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> it's not, probably not a, sign. Not, not a great sign.
1: Nelly is too much of a question mark for me. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if she wins, but. No. She's been out, you know, and it's hard to yeah,
0: hard to going on. invest in that. You, you have to see it before you can really buy into it. I agree. Uh, those are our picks. Let us know who you think is going to win. Either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're right, win a free box of Piper Golf Balls. And that's our sponsor of the Mad Golfer of the Week. Remember to use promo code Ten at checkout for 10% off everything at Piper.Golf. Golf Balls for plus ones and 25s for much, much less than a Titleist or Callaway. The season is here. Stock up. Using promo code TURNTEN at checkout at Piper.Golf, we go back to Pebble Beach. David D.H. Lim says, quote, This was my seventh time at Pebble. I've never had to load up our own golf bags onto the golf cart. (laughs) There was no starter to be found to welcome and give my first time ever there guests a preamble to the golf course. Warning, them there's only one washroom on the course, two females in our group. And hole number eight was playing shorter than normal on a temp green and by how much due to maintenance on the original green on this hole, plus some general and specific ticks on the golf course. We were standing on the first tee box for about 10 minutes and our tee time was up, so we made the decision to tee off without anyone telling us to proceed. Okay. Oh, my Um, God. I do that every time I play golf.
1: Oh, my. How do you manage, Joe? Nobody was there to tell you that it was ten oh
0: seven and it was time to hit imagine a game just golf standing there off. frozen, just being like, "Hey, the fairway is clear." Well, the starter hasn't told me to hit off, so I, I can't.
1: Guys, guys, I don't what, know
0: what, do, what
1: to do. What do we do, I, I got David DH Slim? I, it must have been hard to tee off after
0: the uh, exhaustion of loading your own golf bag. Yeah, and there was no preamble. Yeah. What was the last Nick? When was the last time you golfed without a preamble? God, in like.
1: <laughs> David clearly has played this course seven times, but he needs
0: a starter to tell the ladies what the bathroom <laughs> situation is. Yeah, you know. Can't you be their, their guide? How you, exciting you, that you were... This is the seventh time you're at Pebble and you can show your friends like, oh, no starter, let's put our bags on. By the way, you're going to want to go to the bathroom now. No washroom out there. Oh, an eight plays kind of weird. You got it, bro. You could buy a
1: 2019 Corolla for the amount of money this guy has spent at Pebble beach, but he's acting like a starter making $11 an hour is, is the one reason why
0: his experience was poor. All right. Here's the rest of it for almost $600 per person for the green fee. This was not the experience I wanted for my guests. One of Pebble's stated objectives is to exceed customers expectations. The ball was dropped on this one. In fairness, there was a token attempt to pacify us after we let it be known we weren't happy. However, we had to make several attempts to chase down a person to communicate our displeasure to. The token <laughs> attempt fell short. Hold on, and the effort. I, I, I sorry,
1: I have to pause you one more time. I'm playing the movie of this guy making several attempts, to be like, "Hey, there was there was no starter. No, get back here. There was no
0: starter." <laughs> As they drive away, just a maintenance guy just trying to do his job and listen to some music is just being screamed at by David D.H. Lim. All right, back to David. And the effort required by us to communicate our displeasure was not commensurate with the standards I have come to expect of Pebble for the sake of future customers. Hopefully, this all gets sorted out. Nick, how many stars was that review? Um. That was a two-star review,
1: and is he is he implying that if they don't get the if they don't get the starter out there, people are going to stop playing golf at Pebble Beach? Look,
0: you for may the think sake of future customers. You may I think, think the, the PGA's future is pretty safe. T- yeah, you may think the PGA tour stops here every year. They play men's and U.S. Women's Open every so often. Homes go for twenty million dollars in the golf course. If you're not careful with your token attempts, you guys are in trouble. Congrats, David D.H. Lim. You are our Mad Golfer of the Week. Okay, you've made it this far. It's time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code NICK, N-I-C-K, at checkout on Matchstick Golf, Monday through Sunday, that's July 3rd through the 9th, you get a BOGO, baby. Buy one, get one free, at Matchstick Golf, using promo code nick what do you got i should get to
1: choose the free marker that they get if they use code nick they should get the slice of pizza
0: oh i see because it's, what is like what is nick's i'll tell you what there's a promotion nick's marker of the month or something like that yeah well it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the slice until i can start hitting a fairway it's a it's a <laughs>
1: It's a golf analogy. It's just... <laughs> Double it's, entendre. Exactly. Okay, it's Nick Rules. It's not It's not Nick Slice. Um, we talked about Rose Dark Seems like she would be a shoe-in for the LPGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Does. Solheim Cup team, potentially even Player of the Year. However, Joe... She didn't accumulate points for any of those things in her win at the LPGA Tour event. Because she came became an LPGA member after she won the Mizuho Americas, she doesn't get Solheim Cup points. She does not get Player of the what? Year or Rookie of the Year points. Imagine a world where Rose Zhang finishes top 10 in like three majors, wins one event, and is not the Rookie of the Year. Never becomes an LPGA Rookie of the Year because by next year, she'll have missed her opportunity of course she'll be on the Solheim Cup team. There's seven qualifiers and so that leaves five captain picks. Right. I'm sure she'll be a captain pick. So people shouldn't make too big of a deal of that, but don't make them waste a captain's pick. She should be qualifying for this on her own. I believe now going forward, everything counts, but we're like, you know, in July now and the season's been going like there's not a lot of season left. The
0: Solheim Cup is coming right up. It's very dumb. Someone like Rosengård It's probably not going to affect too much because you have to assume that their career is going to swallow up any sort of points list or thing that they should have gotten. It's not like this is a U.S. Open qualifier who is getting the short shrift because whatever, whatever regulation and policy, it's the most decorated amateur um, golfer probably ever. And then won immediately and is probably going to contend for majors right out of the gate and be in the Solheim Cup as a captain's pick, despite being a pro for like, what, four months beforehand. So all very, very dumb. Probably not going to slow her down too much. No, at the
1: end of the day, it'll, it'll all even out. But we got We got to point it out. That's it's, it's our
0: Rose Zhang themed Nick rules. That's what we do. And that is Nick rules. Remember, promo code Nick a checkout for BOGO on matchstick golf. Well, I am going to play golf soon. Um, I really think I'm going to cut and and we can cut this out and and save it. I got a sneaking suspicion. I'm going to break par this year. It's in there. Joe, I'm glad you say that because I was going to
1: say, I was, I was was a little disappointed that you were talking about kind of, being over golf and being burnt out. And I was going to say, we we need, the quarter cup open is, is over. The hangover has come and gone. Finally. We need another motivator to get us through now through November 1st or November 30th or whatever it is. Like something else to chase. Another reason to, to hit balls into the net in the garage for 20 minutes when it's 11.45 at night and you should be sleeping. Um, so I'm glad you said that. Maybe we can, like you said, cut this for another episode. And yeah. Dive a little deeper into it later because it's, we still got a lot of golf this season.
0: Goals to get us through 2023. Something yes. like that. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Please go to matchstickgolf.com. Buy everything that they have. Uh, place money on Lexi Thompson to win the Women's U.S. Open to miss the cut. I can't wait to see where Rose at. I hope she's the betting favorite. That would be freaking hilarious. She overall. might be. I mean, she'll be she'll be towards the top. I'm, I'm I'm very I'm sure as this podcast is released. I'm I'm waking up early on Monday, July third, and checking the odds right now. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back very soon.
1: I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.